Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to season two of the More Jody podcast. I'm the girl who says what everyone is thinking, unapologetically myself all the time. Trust me, I was born this way and it really can't be stopped. This season, I'm sharing powerful conversations and we go deep right off the hop. Sometimes I'm even thrown off by it. Nothing is off the table. The goal of this podcast is that you will laugh, cry, and realize that you're not alone in your struggles, your challenges, your hopes, your dreams. But I have a warning for you. These conversations will make you want to do more, dig deeper, get honest and curious with yourself, and live braver, bolder lives. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Katria Thiel is a licensed acupuncturist and Chinese medicine practitioner. She partners with patients on a healing journey to find the root cause of their illness and restore their optimal health through acupuncture, Chinese herbs, nutrition therapy, and lifestyle shifts. I found her on Instagram and I love this girl. I can't wait to have her on. I'd love to do multiple episodes with her. I've learned so much through following her. She's a just born educator and I know you will get so much out of this episode. Hey, Tria, welcome to the More Jody podcast. How are you doing tonight? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm, like I said, in my before we started recording, I had asked my own acupuncturist really briefly, like, Hey, I'd love to have you on my podcast. And then she was like, Oh, and just never just kept po- poking me with needles and never said anything else. And so I was so excited. I started following you, um, probably six months ago and just, I remember you pressing on pressure points and stuff. And it really made me feel, um, following you made me feel empowered and just really aware of a lot of things I didn't know. And my own, um, acupuncturist wasn't on Instagram. And so you've been really educating me. And like I said, um, sometimes if I poop at seven in the morning, I think of you because you get into my head off of Instagram. So, right. Awesome. All of that makes me so incredibly happy to hear because that's exactly my intention. Yeah. Like you're making a difference. And I, I've been trying to explain that to people lately that, I'll be doing my makeup. And I think of a makeup artist that I follow. And I said, like, we really are influencing each other. Even if we have a hundred followers, you know, people are paying attention to other people, usually like-minded people. Um, And I'm someone who kind of had this epiphany a few months ago that I thought like, you really, I interviewed a girl who had scleroderma and she was talking about the team of people that she has, like a rheumatologist and an immunologist and all these different people. And I just kind of, it made me think about how I really have a team too. It's like an acupuncturist, it's a chiropractor, it's a massage therapist. And truly between all of them, I feel really, really like really my, in my best case, best case scenario, best living my best life kind of thing. And I started going to acupuncture because I had benefits and was, I just wanted to take advantage of all my benefits. Sure. sure. So I, I didn't even have like a real, you know, I, I always tell her like, poke me wherever it makes me the skinniest. Like definitely yeah. I want all the skinny needles and then anything that makes my hormones optimal. Cause I'm 39. And I mean, really though, at any age we'd benefit right. from that. And so definitely I started to to notice my sister had had a car accident and she said that the acupuncture that was done on her neck literally was like miraculous, you know? And so my hope from this episode is that people will start to see that to make acupuncture a normal part of life. Yes. I, you know? I share that hope with you. 
Yeah. Just that it will be not something, you know, you put up a post today and, and I, I wrote on it and said, imagine people came to you because you're, because you're in their life all the time. You know, you're, you're one of their team members who keeps them well, and then you're going to know their body, know what's normal for them. They're going to be, to me, we need relationships, ongoing relationships with our naturopath, our acupuncturist, you know, and then you can say like, Jody, I feel like this is out of the ordinary for you or, you know, like, and I, I think it shouldn't just be like, oh, I went to acupuncture because I had a car accident. Right. Right. But like that right. ongoing um, wellness. And so I'm super excited uh, to have you on here. So thanks for being willing for not giving me crickets. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, you know, sometimes I wonder if um, I think, you know, imposter syndrome is an issue yeah. for like speaking for uh, my experience with other acupuncturists, imposter syndrome is huge. And a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the acupuncturists that I know love the medicine, but don't, uh, don't necessarily know how, how to put themselves out there very well, or aren't very comfortable doing that. Right. And I wasn't either. I just did it anyway. <laughs> well, and, so, and you make a lot of reels and stuff and you keep yes. us informed with a lot of like energy and excitement and yet it doesn't take from your message at all. And so I think that 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 may, you're just, you're educating all of us all, the, all over the world. Cause where are you right now? Where do you live? I'm, I'm in Southern Wisconsin, Wisconsin. I told someone yeah. today, I'm interviewing someone from Minnesota and I hope she talks <laughs> like she's from Minnesota. I'm sorry <laughs> to disappoint you. <laughs> no, you're just like from cheese country, I think. Right. Yep. yep. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> cheese, beer and cows. <laughs> yeah. Well, and honestly, I'm from a place called Alberta, which is a province, like the second province over. I never know what you guys know about us at all up here. I know a little bit, a not little a ton. Bit. I, I know I've, uh, through business relationships, I've interacted with a few Canadians, but not, not too many, <laughs> but I'm, I'm definitely from the place that is like proud of their Alberta beef. It's like farming. We always say it's the Texas of the North, like friendly sure. and the it's the prairie, but now I live on the West coast. And, um, but that's, I definitely feel your Wisconsin roots and it's definitely not Minnesota. Yeah, no, not, a little different, not the same. So why don't you take a few minutes and just tell us about you and kind of what led you on this journey to choose acupuncture? Sure. So I, I grew up in a family that was always geared towards natural health. I'm the oldest of four children. And I, I was, I, I struggled a little bit when I, when I was really young, I had a lot of ear infections and different things, but generally speaking, I had been pretty healthy. It was a lot, it was a couple of my younger siblings who were really struggling with, um, my, my one brother in particular had all kinds of, um, he was having a lot of issues in school. His hair, he got so stressed out that his hair was falling out. Aww. He, you know, like was really falling behind. Turns out he's dyslexic and he had to have vision therapy to correct his eyesight. So oh, wow. all of that to say, my mom did a ton of research and we, all of us kids really benefited from that research. And I, yeah. can't, I can't say that I would be where I am or would have found my way to this profession if I didn't, if it didn't start there. And that was right. really- because I had that, um, that beginning, I, you know, we started going to the chiropractor when I was 10 and right. then I thought maybe I want to be a chiropractor. This is pretty cool. And then, uh, as I looked into that more seriously, as I got older, I realized that would mean that I would need to go to Western medical school. And that really wasn't in alignment with my beliefs. And so, right. and the more that I was learning about the Western medical model, the more I was not wanting to be any part of it. So I ended up, 
I, you know, walked, walked away from that thought process and went to college, not knowing what I wanted to do. And in the middle of my freshman year of college, I had what I call a divine intervention, Google search moment where I don't, I don't know what I was Googling. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what was going on, but I somehow came across the acupuncture school that I went to, which happens to be less than a half hour from where I grew up. So the next time I was home on break from college, I went and I toured it and I just immediately deep in my gut knew it was like, this is it. This is the thing. And it was interesting. A lot of my classmates, uh, the year that I started were, were finding their way to acupuncture school as a second career. It was a lot of, I was, I was the youngest and by a long shot. So I entered acupuncture school at age, what would I have been? I guess 20. And, um, most of them were, you know, late thirties, early forties, even, even beyond. So it was a really interesting it was, it was a really interesting dynamic to be thrown into in that way, but I, it made me also feel really blessed to be able to have found my thing so, so early, relatively speaking. So that is, that was my, my journey through leading me to acupuncture school. And then, um, through the, through the course of my program, I was actually, uh, I was struggling with some health issues of my own. And so I got to really learn firsthand how, how the medicine works. And my, one of my professors told me, um, the first few weeks of school, she told me, she pulled me aside and saw that I was struggling and, uh, told me that I was in two master's programs. I was in the one, you know, the, the, uh, the actual school program. And then I was in the one that life had thrown at me and I was doing two of them simultaneously. And she told me, this is going to be the hardest thing you'll ever do but you will be a better practitioner for it in the long run. And she was absolutely right because I got to experience the, the power of this medicine firsthand all the way through school and everything I learned, I was implementing in my own life. And it just made it that much more real. Like I totally medicine and I have now for, you know, five, six years and it, it, it's my, it's my entire life. So it's really been, it's really been amazing. That's so cool. And so you were like your own guinea pig, really? I was, absolutely. And then, yes. And then my second guinea pig was my daughter who um, came. So right around the time that I was graduating from acupuncture school and actually two days before I had to take my first board exam, I found out I was pregnant. And (laughs) so that was really interesting timing. Yeah. Um, And then I... Uh, moved through that actually pushed me towards a pediatric specialty post-grad. I started really looking into, cause we didn't learn a ton of that in my, in my master's program. It was, you know, it'd be continuing ed and things like that right. to specialize beyond. And I started really getting heavily into that. And that was, that was what the cornerstone of my practice was and still is. And then from there I have added in uh, women's health as well. So it's a combination of those two. And then mental health has always spoke to me in a big way. So I was my first guinea pig. My daughter was my second guinea pig. And that is really how the, how, how the foundation of my practice came to be what it is. Well, now I'm super curious. So what sort of things would you take your kids to an acupuncturist for? Like, would you do a regular maintenance program? Like I would, like I went to the chiropractor as a little girl as well. My mom introduced us to that, that and the naturopath, like when everyone thought it was like witchcraft. 
so yes. hokey right back in the, cause I'm, <laughs> right. I'm 39. So back like a long time ago. Um, but what sort of thing would I take my kids there to treat? Truly just about anything acupuncture and, and Chinese medicine as a whole is, is a system of medicine that can meet you where you are. And because it works with the body on a, on such a, on such a deep level, working with every organ system and how they in, interact with each other and how your, your foundational energy is moving through your body because it, because that affects everything, the treatments can be used for just about anything. So I always say it would be, it would be a shorter list to say what I wouldn't, right. what I wouldn't go for. So right. like if your child breaks their arm, you know, you're going to go to the ER, you're going to get that. Bone right. But if they have eczema, if they have digestive issues, if they're a colicky baby, not sleeping, and if they're teething, even that you can, uh, you can use uh, acupuncture and Chinese herbs that work phenomenally well for any of those things. And then even um, I've, I've worked with a lot of preteens and teens struggling with mental health issues and oh, that's a big all one. kinds of, it's huge. It's right now, now more so than ever. Um, and so, yeah, it's really, it's a medicine that can meet you where you are and can help, help bring you back to balance in whatever, in whatever way that you found yourself out of balance. That's really neat. Cause I, I even think about, um, like kids, even like little things or like behavioral things or constipation or things like that happen a lot to little kids. Usually it's like anxiety. I remember being, I was so terrified. I had people die like every year of my life from 12 till like 22, like kids, like asthma attack on a ski hill. It was like, it was, it was literally like crazy. And you know, when people are like 20 and they're like, I've never been to a funeral. I'm like, literally by the time I was like, I I'd been to so many funerals. I deal really well now with grief And I feel like I see the whole world very differently, but yeah, I think about that. And even thinking about, I had so much anxiety that my parents were going to die, that then my siblings were going to die. And like grandma and grandpa would drive home and I would like sit there and pray the whole time. Like, God, please don't let them, don't let this be their time. Like, don't let them go. And it's such a funny thing. So I think about how you could help, um, and mental health. I mean, there couldn't be a bigger topic right now, right? right? Other than that, like we need that more than ever. So with things like that, with kids and stuff, do you do very much with kids that would be more acupressure or would yes. you do a lot of needles with them? I typically don't use needles at all in my pediatric treatments. Actually, there are okay. so many, there are so many ways that you can stimulate an acupuncture point you can do it with acupressure. Like you mentioned, you can use uh, all kinds of different tools. Like, um, you go to the chiropractor. So maybe you're familiar with a tens unit, um, the electro stim current device type thing. There is a form of that. That is almost, I call it my, I call it my blinky light for the little kids, but it looks sort of like a big thick pen and it has just that metal end. So you can send a gentle, uh, current of, um, electricity through the point and the kids don't feel it. It doesn't hurt. That's actually every, every kid, pretty much every kid's preferred method of treatment because they, it makes a fun buzzing noise and they like to watch it blink, but they don't feel anything right. at all. So it's really, it's really subtle. And um, so that among other, other tools that I use work really, really well for kids. And I find and have found in my practice thus far that those methods of treatment have been, have had equal 
therapeutic effect to using a needle. And so why use a needle if you don't need to? <laughs> I always I always like to I always like to do less, especially with kids, um, because they're so they're so sensitive and it's so right. easy to shift them. Totally. Don't worry, I'm dog friendly. <laughs> I'm like trying to snap and get her to stop barking. <laughs> She's like, Mom, there's a stranger out here. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> So, okay. So, and that's interesting. I, I did acupressure when I was training for a full marathon, I went for acupressure all the time and it was awesome. It was like, like literally, I think it's the only reason I was able to complete the marathon was because I had that therapy all the time. Um, so what's your favorite thing to treat acupuncture? I, I really, I really love to treat women's health. I'm really passionate about that and have been that it sort of has evolved in the last, I would say year and a half that that has now become a huge part of my practice. And the more, the, the more I, the deeper I dive into it, the more passionate I get about it because the way that women's healthcare is in, yeah. you know, in the U S in Canada, in the world in general, maybe it's come a long way, but it still has a long way to go. There are way too many women who are being told that what's what they're feeling is all in their head and that their labs are normal, so they must be healthy. Yes, and, and normal, the range for normal right. is like ridiculous. Right, exactly. And they're being told that they have unexplained infertility and that's the end of the conversation and there go all of their hopes of getting pregnant, you know? So it's yeah. just, I'm finding that it's such a, it's such, women need more advocates and women need to be empowered in the health space. And I want to do every bit of that, that I can. That's really, really cool. And I think something I've thought about a lot in the last little while is how much, um, I, I have, um, my cousin is a naturopath and I have probably four or five episodes with her in the last year discussing, you know, women's health and hormones and lots of different things. And one of the things we've always said is people will be like, oh, like I have high blood pressure, just like my dad. And it's like, almost like we're proud of it. Like it's familial, right. right. And stuff. And it's like where we don't, um, uh, where we don't, we don't seek an alternative. We're like, this is, this is my cross to bear. This is my life. This is what I have right. to do. Right. And how we need to um, not settle for that. I know years ago I had been teaching like really early morning boot camp, and I was up at four and I was a young mom, you know, and it was a time of day I could leave the house with my kids right. sleeping and my husband there. And it was like a great way to make extra money. And I got so burnt out and I would do my own workout during the day. And then I would run alongside, you know, my boot campers to encourage them and whatever, and get up so early all the time. And then I just started gaining weight. I just started getting fatter and fatter. And I was like, as a woman, you're in instantly, like you shame yourself, right? right? Like you're heartbroken. You're ashamed. You're like, I'm supposed to be like the epitome of fitness, right? I'm not supposed to be chunky. And it was just like, but my body, I was basically anemic. My thyroid was at like the very bottom of the scale where they won't medicate you. I mean, thank goodness. Cause I don't want to be medicated anyway. But when I was seeking that, um, you know, general practitioner information, it was like, yeah, you're good. And I was like, but I'm not good. Like, no. this is not good. And so right. that's what, what, what sent me to my cousin, the naturopath, you know, and then she, she looked like she took the doctor's reports and then like looked deeper at them and was like, yeah, like you're okay, but you're not optimal. 
right? Right. And we should be looking to thrive and not settling for this. Like, well, my grandma had really heavy periods and then died of uterine cancer. And that's just runs in our family. And you've mentioned that kind of talking about what's quote, no one can see my air quotes, my normal, (laughs) you know, with, with periods and stuff like that. And when would you tell, I mean, I think people should go all the time. So that's my little plug. You should have an acupuncturist that you have a relationship with. Right. And when would you tell women specifically, like, what are your favorite things to tell women as like, they need to get into you for a treatment? What are your favorite like reasons they might contact you? And I think that you really hit it on the head that there is this widespread thing that happens where humans and specifically women, as that's what we're talking about right now, um, accept things that are common, but are not at all normal. And so I think anything that, anything that gives you pause, anything that makes you question, am I okay? Anything that you're like, Oh, this is, you know, this is annoying. Anything that anything that's disrupting your ability to live your life in the way that you want to live it. That is, that is, that's non-negotiable, but to get more specific, it could be if you're, if you're experiencing frequent bloating, if you're experiencing Mm -hmm. uh, heavy, heavy, painful periods, if your periods become irregular, if there's, you know, if you're getting a migraine on day one of your cycle, every, you know, every time you start your period, if you are having basically any experience other than the absence of symptoms, an acupuncturist can help. And the sooner the the sooner you start, the sooner you catch it, the easier it's going to be to return to balance. So Chinese medicine is all about at its at its best, it's all about preventing things before they happen. You can right. use you can use so much less and then this, you know, this applies everywhere. This applies in, in parenting, this applies, you know, whatever, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, if you catch it sooner, you know, yeah. you catch them before they write on the wall with a Sharpie, you're going to have yeah. to do, you know, you, there's the redirection is a lot quicker than now I have to paint this entire wall. So same thing happens in your body where if you can listen for the whispers of something's not right, you can get ahead of it and redirect that pattern and return to balance and that could, I mean, the, that's invaluable. That could save you the time, the yeah. frustration, the money, the, you know, the, the struggle that that could save you in the long run. It's, it's completely priceless to me. I feel like we're not taught. Like, I love that you said that about whatever brings, whatever causes you to pause. And I yes. think like, I'm a big believer in that like some people call it the universe, I call it God, but that your gut speaks to you and that you, so much of what we think we don't know, like if you really get quiet and listen, there are red flags, there's warning signs, there's little things that you're like curious, things that make you curious, things that make you go, hmm, right? Like that song back in the day. Um, And I know that I read a book years ago because I didn't want to be on birth control. So this would be like when I was like 26, I think. And it was, I think it was either taking charge of your fertility or managing your fertility. And it was like super big. And I was tracking my temperature and I was checking my discharge. I'm sure there's no men listening. People, (laughs) I love to bring up discharge, but anyways. And and I learned so much, but the coolest thing about the book was that 
I was using it to not get pregnant. Some women were using it to get pregnant, but then one of the coolest things that I think I've taken overall, I mean, that was years ago, was that I started to learn what was, because normal is like so relative. I learned right. what was normal for my body. Yes. And my grandma, actually, when I gave that example, that's funny that I gave it because my Nana actually did die of uterine cancer and her whole life had been riddled with yeast infections. And when there's constantly trauma in an area, that's usually where I feel like there is a pro like that's a problem brewing. Absolutely. You know? And so I think, um, I love that you, and I mean, it goes back to it. Like people need to, um, start looking at their health. Like if they haven't explored natural health from like a totally different perspective, like it's all just science. It's just a different way of looking at it. And where you're not, you're looking to fix the problem, not apply a band-aid. And I right. just like, Oh, could sing the praises all day of everyone trying to do that and trying to change. Like there is no easy button in life. There truly isn't. And once we like get over these easy buttons and start looking for like actually changing our bodies and changing our habits, our, our, our intake, our lifestyle. Um, I think that's when we'll start to see true change. But like you said, the biggest thing is catching it before it's a problem, right? Like, absolutely. And, absolutely. And, yeah. And that's the opposite of what we are programmed and indoctrinated with from such a young age, you know, yeah. we're, um, we're, we really, or at least my experience growing up was what can I do to avoid going to the doctor? What right. can I do? You know, you want to do everything you can not to have to go. You want to, it's like, and then you, and then you go, and then you walk away with more questions than when you started. Yeah. And it's this, we have to rewrite that narrative of, yeah. um, you know, the, the benefit of catching it sooner versus waiting until you're about to drop dead because there's no, yeah. there's no, oftentimes people find out these things about their health when it's too far gone, only because they weren't taught how to listen to their body yeah. sooner. And how so is your is, gut talking to you? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, that's so important. And that is, that's like, if I could, if I could have one wish, that's what I would wish for. <laughs> like, let's all start listening to our bodies yeah. sooner and consistently and with conviction with conviction. And I think like when you get a gut feeling, um, it's like a cliche term, right. But recognizing that that could be like God giving that warning sign, like something's right. not right here. And right. trying to think of an example. Cause I was thinking of, um, I know that when my, before my Nana got diagnosed with uterine cancer, my Papa had been sick in the hospital. So she canceled her doctor's appointments, mm. you know, and so often, but that's where I'm like, when you are paying attention to your cycle and all these things and you start to, which it's so, so often, I think the gist of my ramble is so often when we need to press into that discomfort, because it's telling us something, we are like, yes. I'm just going to close the curtain on this story because I, I'm right. scared of it. So learning to dig into anything in your body, that's like, Ooh, that like, you know, gives you that kind of anxiety, get curious about it instead of ignoring it. Yes. Yeah. Right. Human, humans hate to sit in discomfort. We, it oh, doesn't yeah. feel good to us. So why would we want to do it? So you, you, it's so easy to want to reach for the bandaid because it's like, you know, five minutes later, it usually feels better. And then a day later you're back in the same situation, but then, and then you get in that cycle of and with what other side effects. And, right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's by it, it's, it's human nature to want to avoid discomfort, 
But if you can recognize that when it's happening to you in real time and say, no, no, I'm going to choose to, to lean into this discomfort, whether it be mm-hmm. a physical issue, you know, something, something in a relationship, it could be anything. And this, this applies, you know, not just to yes. um, health as we're talking about it, but really to life in general, if you can lean in and be okay in discomfort and come through it. That's, that's always magic to me. And you're so right that that's every area that's business. Yes. That's your marriage. That's every, you're calling your mother. Yes. And, and we don't, we don't live well when we're racked with relational anxiety. Right. Right. Like Carrie, I think so often, you know, I know so many, I, I manage a bunch of mostly women, actually, I think I don't, I have very few guys, um, but a lot of women in their childbearing years. Um, and it's insurance, which is everyone's favorite thing. I'm sure it's yes. just as exciting in America as it is in Canada. <laughs> um, but about five different insurance brokerages and these girls want to get pregnant, you know, and, and it's a struggle. And I truly, with what's happening in the world, I think we're going to see more struggle. And Absolutely. I think it's, it's going to become more important that people, um, don't just do what they're told and don't just trust the government. Um, and you know, do they're not like be the research, like you are the research, but mm-hmm. do, you know, do some other, some digging in areas you haven't dug before where stuff gets taken right. off the internet. And, you know, cause I think that, um, I see them and I see everything that's happening and I'm like, why are autoimmune diseases on the rise? Like, mm-hmm. why is everything just going up? And it feels less, it feels like I hear less about friends and family getting diagnosed with cancer, but like every second day, someone has a new autoimmune disease that we haven't even heard of. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's getting fancy. Yeah, <laughs> There's lots it of is. fancy things. It sure is. And and these are all, you know, there's there's all of these labels that people are receiving, but behind the label, they're not getting the care that they no. need. They have this label and that becomes part of their identity. And they now are almost worse off than before they knew what was wrong because now they're yeah. sitting in this is my truth. This is my reality. This is my experience. And it always will be. And there's nothing I can do about it, which is 99% of the time, not true. And that's, yeah, that's another layer of this issue is that, you know, behind the diagnosis is a complete lack of support in the Western medical model. And not only that, but they are not, they're not aware enough, generally speaking, this is all a generalization. There are wonderfully wonderfully sensitive, wonderfully helpful, wonderfully, um, you know, supportive Western practitioners as well. But just speaking, speaking in general terms, they're also not aware enough or not incentivized enough to, uh, because that's what it comes to. Incentivized. Yes. So right. To, uh, to turn, to, to put, push their patients in the direction of someone who can help like a Chinese right. medicine practitioner or a naturopath or a chiropractor or yeah. someone who looks at the body as a whole, not just, okay, you have this set of symptoms. This is the drug that I learned to prescribe for that set of symptoms. And if that doesn't work, come back in three months and we'll try the next one. Come back in three months. We'll try the next one. Now I'm out of options. Now this is your life. Yeah. Well, and I feel like my, the girl that I interviewed Dominique about scleroderma, it was really, really interesting because she said like her best advice was you have to advocate for yourself. Like she went to the GP and, and she said like, they were kind, like they wanted, like you said, like they're well-meaning for sure. But like, they literally were like, we have no idea. And because it's very rare. Um, right. And I think things like this are going to get more common, but she said it was so rare that I had to just keep 
keep digging. And she said, honestly, I was like what every doctor doesn't want you to be, which is like the queen of Google. Like she's like, what does it mean that my fingers are shiny and they're so swollen that they're so shiny. And now my fingertip is turning blue. And what does this mean? And then it kept saying scleroderma. So then she started saying to the doctor, is there a chance I have scleroderma? He's like, well, that's very rare. Mm-hmm. Like that you pro like the odds of right. that are, are really slim. Right. But mm-hmm. she said, she feels like if she had like, and she also was scared of finding out a little bit. Right. But she said, if she had dug deeper, she might've been able to stop kind of the first, um, was it called a flare? What's that called a flare? Sure. Um, she might've been able to stop part of it. Cause she lost the tip of her finger. Oh, you know, but she said, and it was so painful because they just leave it till it falls off now. Mm. And she's like, it was excruciating waiting for a fingertip to fall off. Right. And so, but she said, even with that, she still does take a lot of medications, but she switched to a fully raw diet and then ended up going like totally plant-based and stuff after that. But so she really, I, I hope the next generations really see that as a take charge. Like you have, don't believe the lie. And I almost just wish, like, I have had my naturopath before be like, I think you need to see your GP about this. Right. You know, and so that's where sometimes I wish that my GP would be like, I feel like you should go talk to a naturopath about this. Like, imagine we could all be in the same camp. Right. You know, that would be beautiful. It would be the best of time and a place. Yeah. There's a time and a place for every type of medicine and every type of practitioner. And if we could all work synergistically, that would be, that would be the best case scenario for patients for sure. Yeah. And, and not having any ego involved. Right. Right. But just, just working together for the good of the patient. Um, so what has surprised you most in your years? So how long have you done this for? How many years has it been? So I graduated in 2017 started my practice right away so four years um what has surprised me the most I I would say is actually how receptive people are to this medicine I think that I thought that there was going to be a lot more resistance to it I think that people are so ready and so open they just don't know where to turn so they're right. like, I know there's got to be something better, but they've just never been able to find what that is. And so yeah. as soon as they connect with someone who, who can fill in the gaps for them, they're like, oh my God, this is what I've been waiting yeah. for. So it's not, and, and certainly there are exceptions. There are people who are um, unable to change their opinion when presented with new information, right? right. But um, I would say generally speaking, this, like my journey with this medicine has been so well received and my experience with it. And I think it's, it's also the way that I embody it too. I don't really, I don't leave a lot of room for it not to be true because I'm living it. So anyone really are, anyone who comes into contact with me is like, well, this must be, this must be real. You know, this must be true. Um, and so it's, it's easier. There's, there's less skepticism and, and less whatever, but I think that would be that would be the most surprising thing to me. And honestly, I am bl- continuously blown away by, by what happens when I start working with, with a patient, like the, the results that they get and the shifts. And this isn't just me, this is Chinese medicine, you know, like yeah. I'm, I'm not special. Um, this is this, when you get on your body's team, it's amazing what can happen. And that is, 
equally as surprised every single time it blows my mind every single time I'm like man that woman had this many miscarriages and she's pregnant and how how did we get here you know like I helped her along the way but how did we get here it's incredible um so watching that stuff happen every day is always pleasantly surprising and affirming and validating and beautiful and all the things oh like you're gonna do this till you're an old lady with a gray bun (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Like this is who I am. Yeah. (laughs) And so, so rewarding. And it's funny because my husband is totally like, I love the chiropractor and I've loved the chiropractor since I was a child. It's very much a part of my wellness always. Mm -hmm. And I go, whether I need it or not. And, and honestly, I always, my mom has a ton of physical pain. She also goes all the time, but I think like she taught me to seek, um, to always be seeking kind of like, what's the best for you, you know? And so when I, um, when I realized I had benefits, I was like, I'm not even using these. I should go to acupuncture. Right. And it was just kind of like a dumb reason to go, but then it really, I really felt like it changed things. And, and I started going probably at the beginning of COVID. And so it was March of just over a year ago. And it was like laying down and having that done, I usually have to get my backside done. My front mm-hmm. side seems to be real angry. <laughs> I was like, I don't know why my front side is so angry, but when your body is carrying, like leading all these people during a pandemic was really stressful. And I, my sure. blood pressure was higher than normal. And like, I'm a really relaxed girl normally. Mm-hmm. And, but that was a real game changer. I felt like it really, really calmed me like to my core. That's so wonderful. Oh, so, so wonderful. And so that's where I'm like, when I start to see how I feel when I go to the chiropractor and how I feel when I leave, you know, and functionally, like when I go to work out, like I can tell where stuff is different and where stuff is fixed. And, um, and I know my acupuncturist had said like, sometimes it's like putting a needle in like into a middle of a a pot of spaghetti, right? Like, it's just (laughs) like, everything is chaos, but it just calms it yes. just calms, um, that place. And so I feel like in, like I'm hooked, like I'm a total believer. And like you said, I really want everyone to go and follow you. I love your Instagram. I feel like you give us tangible things all the time. And I'm excited for you to teach us more. What is this current series called where you're talking about like the times of day and. Oh, yes. Yes. So there's in, in Chinese medicine, there is a two hour window where each organ system is most activated. And so there is a, there's a rhythm that you can align with throughout your day that you are performing, uh, performing and carrying out your daily habits in alignment with when your body is most equipped to do those things. So for example, you know, there's a, there's a, a best time to go to bed. There's a best time to have uh, a bowel movement. There's a best time to eat breakfast because for example, the, um, the, like the lung organ system is most activated between three and five in the morning. So the, once you move from 5am into between five and seven, you're moving into large intestine time. So that's the appropriate time to wake up and have a bowel movement. And then between seven and nine is the stomach. And that's when it's, you know, that's the window of time in which you can eat breakfast. And I love it because it's not it's not rigid. It's not like 
between seven and seven ten is when I eat my breakfast, you know, go squeeze a poop out right now. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's just this idea that there is, there's a cadence and a rhythm that your body will respond to. And whether you wake up at, you know, 445 or 645, your body can still follow that rhythm. And I think it's just really helpful. It's all, it also can be used and I'm going to get into this in some future reels. It can be used diagnostically. So it's common for people struggling with insomnia to wake up between one and three in the morning and that's liver time and liver is responsible between one and 3am. The liver is doing a ton of detoxifying and cleaning the blood and um, you know, just really heavy duty, uh, really heavy duty work. So if you're waking up during that time, there's obviously some disharmony happening there. The liver is struggling to do its job and, you know, other, other things are happening too, but it can be an indicator that, oh, if I'm consistently waking up between one and 3 a.m., my liver might need some support. And I'm speaking about this for anyone who may not be too familiar with Chinese medicine. I'm speaking about the liver as a, as a TCM, a traditional Chinese medicine organ system, not necessarily saying that there would be anything wrong with someone's Western liver if they, if they woke up between those times. But, um, I just always like to make that distinction. So no one's like, oh my God, I'm waking up at 2 a.m. every day and that is a failure. Yeah, (laughs) that's important to me to make sure that I'm not setting off alarm bells for anyone. But anyway, so this idea that there's this rhythm that can be used diagnostically. So if you're always fatigued between, you know, one and three in the afternoon, if you're there's, you know, that can indicate that a specific organ system is out of balance. If you're waking up and you're, this is actually, I see this with, with kids, they're waking up between that three and five time in the morning, waking up coughing, and that's the lung organ system. So we need to often support oh. the lung because that's what's, you know, that's what's showing up there. So it's really, it's really cool. I can't wait to talk more about that. Well, we need to hear it for one. Yeah. Um, so I just, I appreciate it so much. And so I, I just know that anyone following you will just get their eyes totally opened. And I don't know if it was the power of suggestion or cause I don't think not everyone wants to know. I'm going to use the word bowel movement cause it sounds less gross, but I actually was, was really shocked one morning when I was, I thought about you. I was like, Oh, that's what Katria said. She said, I should have a poop and I'm going to have breakfast. <laughs> I love this. Love it. Oh, it's, I it's, I talk about poop all day long. I, new patients will come in and they'll be embarrassed to talk about poop. And then, you know, a few visits in, we're talking about color and smell. Yeah, you know, just, totally. I pooped three times today and who cares? You know, we just, it's just, you know, it's just something that your body does. So it's well, important to talk about. And poop is a really powerful diagnostic tool as well. So anyway, you, should, so you should know what's going on. It's funny. I dated a guy years ago who said um, he thought that regularity was going to be the key to longevity. And I actually don't think he's wrong. I think there's I don't a, either. a strong, he's also the first man who told me to get rid of my base cell margarine and switch to butter. This was uh-huh. like, yeah, he is very smart. I think he's a pilot or something really smart or sure. Yeah. yeah that checks out. Right. So it's, it's funny. Cause it's, I think it's interesting to, you know, as, as you kind of explain these things. And when you talk about, when you say that it's good that you give that disclaimer, because my gallbladder and my spleen are always mostly fiery, angry. Sure. And so I'm like, why, like, do I have, am I going to have a gallbladder attack? And then she's like, no, it's like not the same. And right. so what is the time of day though, for the gallbladder and what's the time of day for the spleen? So the, let's see the liver gallbladder, um, that, so the liver and the gallbladder are paired organ systems. So 
they are um, they're next to each other. So you have the liver between one and three. So that would mean you have the gallbladder between 11 and one. Um, oh, okay. because then you have three and five is lung. I'm like seeing this in my head. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, nobody's going to be able to see me doing this, but I'm mapping it out like in the air in front of me. Three to five is lung. Uh, five to seven is large intestine, then stomach and spleen. So nine, let's see. <laughs> seven to nine is stomach and spleen is nine to 11. At night? A.M. A.M. Oh, that's interesting. Cause I always like, I'm an overachiever. So as soon as my, my acupuncturist is like, Oh, it's, it's kind of struggling a little. I'm like, what are we going to do? What am I going to eat? What time do I need to eat it? Like, tell me everything. I want this. I want my spleen winning. I want my gallbladder, you know, winning. That's what I really, really want. So it's, it's so good to, to have you out there spreading your message and sharing with us. And, you know, I love, like I said, I love the pressure points where you're like, yeah, touch your thumb here, do this thing there. And I'm like, or I don't know what you've had me do. I feel like you've had me do lots of different things as I copy you. Um, yes. but you're a good woman to copy. And so I'm just I'm super thankful for everything that you're putting out there into the world. I think it's very important. Thank so you. I feel like you've told us a few parts, but what is your favorite part of natural healing? My favorite part of natural healing is the way that it reconnects you with yourself oh. because you can't, you can't embark on you know, I, the, the word journey is so cliche, but it's like, is there a better word? Because it really is an unfolding and a, a peeling back of layers and a stepping into, you know, your truth in, in physical ways and, and, and other ways. But to me, what I watch happen with myself, with my patients is this like a deeper level of appreciation for themselves the ability to give themselves more grace, the, a deeper understanding of themselves, which provides more peace and a, and a deeper sense of empowerment and, and overall just a, a deeper connection because you have to tune in, Mm -hmm. in order to step into the natural medicine arena for the most part. I mean, there's, you know, there's people on the outskirts who are, um, I would say like pseudo natural medicine people that are like, you know, just basically replacing a pharmaceutical with an herb and calling it natural medicine. Right. Uh, Right. But if you're, if you're true to it, you can't do it without connecting to yourself. And that's the missing piece is we have become so distant from our own selves and we're, we are programmed to look outside of ourselves for everything when, when it's all, it's all within us. Totally. We're taught to, you know, we keep coming back to this concept of gut feelings and intuition, and we're taught that that's silly. And that's, you know, um, that that doesn't hold any merit, but it absolutely does. That is possibly the only thing that holds merit because there's nothing more true than your connection to yourself and your own truth. So I think that that's, I think that's it right there. I love that. I love that connectedness because you're so right. If you're not ever listening to your body, one of my big things with people is I'm like, get silent. Yes. Like get actually silent. And I, cause I think that's when you, that's when you're told stuff is when totally. you get silent. Right. And I think, but our world is so full of noise, you know, and then um, not being a pleasure seeker, but like, don't open your phone 
until after when you're like ready to go to work. Like don't check the gram. Don't. And I'm like, obviously I'm a huge Instagram lover and stuff. Right. But I'm like, we need to, um, be protecting like our mindset, our tensions, all those things. And I think one of my favorite parts of, like I said, visiting the naturopath is how, like I said, I leave really calm. There's yeah. something about the, the the stillness that you engage in when you're full of needles. It's like, yeah. Oh yeah, it's, you have to be. You have you're to. Pinned, you're pinned down. You can't move. Oh, that's and a great that's, way to say it. Yeah. yeah, that's medicine in itself. Absolutely. I have so many patients that tell me that's this is the only time that I am still for a half an hour in, in like, you know, I have one patient in particular who I'm thinking of, who's like, I'll never stop coming. He comes once a month for just kind of maintenance and upkeep. And he's a pretty healthy guy. Um, And he, he says, I'll never stop coming because this is the only time when I get to shut everything else off and be still and quiet and only with myself for 30 minutes. First of all, that's really beautiful. Second of all, there that that shouldn't be the way and that is the way you know know. but so if he can at least get those 30 minutes of peace I'm happy but I would once a month I would love for all of us to have more (laughs) you know we deserve more we should have it every day um and not necessarily acupuncture every day but that that quietness that stillness that connection to self and we we can you know if, if we we can reclaim that if we choose to well because it's about choice right Right. So it's like, you can, and now even with our phones, like we can make it. So it says like, you're supposed to be in bed right now. Don't hit yep. dismiss. Right. And so, right. But, but so often um, we just go back to that mindless zoning out, like we all do it. Right. And so, right. but you're right. It's a choice and that connectedness is a choice. And I think it's a really important thing to choose. Right. You know, and sometimes I'll drive home from work and I just have, I mean, I have people around me all day, which I love people, but I just don't even have energy for the radio. No, I'm like yeah. I just, I just want quiet, Yes, you know? And so I think that's, I think that's a really powerful thing too. I love that. I love that thought of connectedness and, and really when someone's going to put something into the part of my body, that's angry, I've never been more connected to that muscle tissue, spleen, (laughs) gallbladder than I am in that moment. Absolutely. Like, I think there's a spot in the very front of my foot, like between Uh my first and second toe, and she's not allowed to touch it anymore because I was like, what just happened? Like, I I literally think my stomach flopped. That's a liver point. It was crazy. And I was yep. like, okay, sorry. I'm always like, you're not going to touch my, put anything in my feet. Are you? <laughs> She's like, nope, we're going to, it's okay. Well, it's okay. That's funny. Right. But it's, it makes me laugh, but I do, I do love it so much. So if you could describe your journey in one word, you hate that word journey, but what would it be? What's one word to describe it? I have a love hate relationship with that word. I will say, um, but my one, my one word, I think would be unfolding oh, because like that. that is, that's what life has been for me. Just an unfolding. Yeah. And like if that's what, if that's the one word I get to use, then I'll leave it at yeah. that. <laughs> you can't have two words. No, just kidding. Um, but I, I really like that. It's like the kind of like the peeling back of an onion. Yes. Right. Cause even as you started, like you said, it was like you started and then you were like, well, I'm really into female health. Like I find that. And then you just go deeper and deeper and deeper and right. deeper. And it's like unending. Yep. And that's what, that's what led me to Chinese medicine 
is that I'm someone who will always, I like, I want to always be learning. I want to always be going deeper. I want to always be engaged. And I, Chinese medicine has that, you know, there, there will, I'll never, I will, I will never know all there is to know. I will never, I, I will be learning about this medicine until the day that I die, because yeah. that's, that's what it is. It is the medicine in itself is an unfolding and appealing back of the layers. And if I were to get two words, my second word would be remembering because it's, that's what we're here as humans to do. Remember who we are. Remember what we're born to do. Remember, just re remember ourselves. And it takes time to do that. Well, and when you say remember, remembering signifies that you already know. Mm -hmm. And we all do. It's there. We just yep. don't, or we don't listen to it out of fear. We, right. my, my, th my thing lately, I've been really studying um, like thoughts and how a thought becomes an emotion. You know what I yeah. mean? And how, how yeah. quick that is, but you have a choice. You can interrupt it and be like, I have a choice. I do not accept that thought. Right. right. Like a, I'm not good enough or all those things that, that you, they creep in like, so like sneaky yeah. and, and you're like, Whoa, stop. Like, right. And I, a lot of times, yeah. Yeah. A lot of times they're not even your own. No, they're, they're coming in from, from outside sources and we think they're our own, but then yeah. if you can, I used to do this exercise where I would follow when I was learning about my brain and, and, uh, kind of learning how to navigate my brain. <laughs> I would imagine like a vine and the thought was like a flower or a leaf on the end of the vine and following it back to its root in my mind's oh. eye. And like, where did this come from? Who planted this seed? Where, what is the root of this? And do I want that? Do I want to uproot that? Or yeah. do I want to continue to cultivate that, that thought process, that belief system? And that was, that ha was, and is still very powerful for me. That is a really, really cool way to look at it because it just makes it feel tangible, right? Yes. Like when you, when you think of it that way, I had a thought come into my head. Um, it was like probably a few months ago and I'd already started like reading some of this brain work stuff and how like negative thoughts literally leave like black matter and in your brain, like it really creates a, an actual pathway. Right. And I was out walking in the morning and I had this thought in my head and, and I'm like the most like, I love people, I'm relational, and I don't have trouble getting along with people, nothing. And I had this thought in my head that was like, maybe you're just unlikable oh. for whatever setting I, whatever I was thinking about, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm walking and it was just like, maybe you're just unlikable. And I, all of a sudden I was like, it was like the first time that I like recognized this thought that I was like, that's not even true about me. Like right. if it was like, sometimes you're late a lot, I might be like, sometimes you're right. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I was like, oh my gosh, that is like, I literally like, I don't know if the word is denounce. I don't know if that's the word where you're like, yeah. I, I don't accept that. Like I was Absolutely. like, holy cow. I was like, God, like, this is not a thought from you. Like take this thought from my head. Like this is not who I am. And I choose not to believe this, but it was like the first time. And I was so excited. Cause that means it's the first time of many times that I'm going to stop a thought. Yes. Right. And, and so it was one of those things where catch learning to catch that, but that being yep. connected, paying attention, listening and remembering because you already know, and it's already in you. I love that. So I'm, I'm glad you sneaky <laughs> two words. I'm not a rule follower. If you couldn't tell, <laughs> I'm not either. I'm not either. So no, I, I, I respect that. I love it. And thank you so much for this conversation. This was like, so fun. 
so fun. I, I thank you truly. This was, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So you, you probably don't ever, like, I couldn't direct people to you. Right. Cause I'm in Canada. Like, yeah, but- I mean, in case you happen to know someone who's in the Southern Wisconsin area. Yeah. Sure. Um, I do, I do some work with, uh, clients virtually. There are certain, certain things that lend themselves well to remote work. Um, and some things that require more hands-on physical work, um, you know, certain patterns of disease, you can, you can really do a lot with lifestyle changes and things like that. That's another thing that's really cool about women's health is that it often really like changing your daily habits and making tweaks to your lifestyle. You can really make big changes over time that way. So I do, I do some one-on-one work, uh, with patients virtually. I have an online community where I teach a masterclass every month. Oh, that's, that's cool. That anyone can be a part of. Um, the topic varies from month to month. Last month was PCOS. This month it's fertility. Um, and then I also have a, uh, my like flagship online course is menstrual cycle makeover. And that will Oh my gosh, this, be... I want to go to all of these. I'm not even yeah. trying to get pregnant. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And that will launch, I think end of summer again, I'm, I'm forecasting. So there are ways for, for people, if you're hearing this and you're feeling like you want more support and you, you know, resonate with my my vibe and there are ways that I can support people from all over the place but also um yeah direct them to your local acupuncturist too if you can well some of my closest friends are they're listening right now and they are trying to get knocked up and so I'm like I'm definitely going to direct them to your fertility master class and awesome I, I, I mean, I have, I was with girlfriends this weekend and you know, the ones on her period and she's dumping her diva cup out. And she's like, is this supposed to be this full? Like, and I, I keep being like, you just have had kids. Like you're going to bleed a ton. Like stop whining about it. Like you just bleed a ton. It's just, it is how it is. And she's layering up panty liner upon panty liner because she's like, I can't trust that, that my cup's not going to run it over. Right. And so I I'm excited. Uh-huh. I'm excited that you have those master classes. And I would say if in the future you want to come on and talk like specifically about certain things, I mean, I love your vibe. So I would happily, <laughs> happily have you come back on and promote some of that stuff for you, because I think it's, I just want people to love themselves. And, and when you love yourself, you do the things your body needs. Yes. I I'm totally game for that. And I totally agree. Yeah. You advocate for yourself better and you just live better when you love yourself and you don't tell yourself you're unlikable. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. When you uproot that thought, pull it out at the root. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I think that's so helpful. So uh, it was a pleasure having you, Katria. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Hey, more Jody listeners. First of all, thank you for spending your time with me today and being here. I love what I am doing. I can't believe how much fun I'm having sharing these stories with you guys. So please like, subscribe, rate, review, share this podcast with one of your friends that you think really needs to hear it. And don't hesitate to send me a message and let me know what you'd like to hear more of on this podcast. Have an awesome day and choose to make the world a better place.